This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 6th, 2019, episode 2241, brought to you today by S. Equestrian. Good morning, Horse World. Oh my God. It's Tuesday. It's top class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. Well, here we are. Emily is on stall rest this month, so tuck in your earbuds. And enjoy this classic jumping episode from the Hit'em Audio Vaults, featuring an explanation of the speed class from WEG Previous, and several guests from one of the oldest jumper shows in America, Monmouth. Plus, Eric Thompson has some great exercises to keep keen jumpers using their brain cells. Hello. Good morning, Emily. Thank you for joining us on Horses in the Morning. And Well, actually, I should say thank you for letting me join you on this special uh, jumper show brought to us by Equestrian. Oh, man, I know. This is fun. Yeah, you're, you're the regular. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm the part-timer, I think. But, yeah, this is awesome. I'm so looking forward to it. You're a real eventer. <laughs> You're like a for real jumper, so we're going to marry the two sports today and become best friends with each other's sports, and I'm so excited. Um, we've got you, the show jumper, Jennifer, our uh, trail rider extraordinaire is producing, and um, I'm here, and, and, and calling me an inventor is questionable. We'll, we'll talk next weekend after I, after I go to this horse trial with, with a baby horse, and, and I find out that you are also sometimes that girl because you have a baby horse. Well, you call him your baby stallion. Tell me about your baby stallion. I know. it's Yes, we are both those girls. We have that in common for sure. Um, it's You know what? He, he is. He's my baby stallion. He's four coming five. Um, he is the black stallion. He's very, very black. Uh, mm. He, I mean, he's... He's rambunctious, to say the least. I mean, he is, he is for sure rambunctious. But sort of the, the neat thing is he is the son of the best horse I ever had. My barn, it's named Stella Farm. It's named after this mare, Restella. Those of you that are frequent the jumping circles know that mare. She was horse of the year many times over in quite a few different divisions. Um, and so and she was black. It's actually my profile picture on Facebook that people are always like, oh, we love that picture. That's the mare. She's just... She's awesome. She's got a look, and he looks just like her. So even through all the, the bucking and the rambunctious behavior, I'm just like, you know what? This is, this is baby Restella. I love it. You can't get me down. <laughs> so what breed is he? He is papered Dutch. He was born in the States. 
um, but bread, the, the mayor and the stallion were both imported, um, and he is, and so he's papered Dutch. Well, I mean, if he was, you know, born on soil, he's a citizen in my book, you know, so. <laughs> Me too. I'm actually going to, I agree, I'm registering him, truth be told, I want to American warm blood as well, because it's, we, we need to track our breeding that happens here. I'm, I'm passionate about the breeding. I've got a little breeding operation, fledgling, first season happening down in Florida this year, and uh, those horses are all registered American, although they're European bloodlines, because we're, we're doing it. We're breeding here, and we need to track our breeding. Absolutely. I like that. I like that. So you've got a forthcoming five Dutch black stallion. When you go, I got to ask this because this is what I would do. When you go out to the barn in the morning and he pops his little head over the door and nickers at you and you see this big, gorgeous black stallion whinnying at you or nickering at you, do you turn nine years old and like melt into a puddle? Oh, it totally. It's ridiculous. It so is. <laughs> and he looks big on on our pictures, but uh, it's all proportionate. I am very short, and he is like fifteen three on a good day. Wow. He yeah. He looks like a giant black stallion. Oh my god, he's so pretty. I am just. I have just yeah. The little inner nine year old girl in me is screaming. Yeah. The black stallion. The black stallion. Totally. So and he's so sweet. He lets you cuddle with him, and he's not an. He's not going to be a nasty stallion. Although he likes to pull some dance moves when he gets outside. You know, he likes to let people know like I'm a stallion. I'm here, and I dance a little bit. So yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to show off. That's yeah, you know, for the ladies. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, yeah, there's some woman on my back, but don't look at her. Look at me. Hey, no mind. <laughs> We're about to ditch hey, her no and mind. get on to our next event. <laughs> <laughs> so did you start him? Um, I didn't actually saddle break him, although my husband and I do specialize in young horses. We love young jumpers, saddle breaking and everything. We've imported a lot of unbroke, like, two coming three-year-olds from Europe and, and saddle broke them when they get home. However, which I love, I love to, to be a part of that, that beginning foundation work because, you know, it can, it can kind of go awry. But in his case, um, this, my mom um, actually bred this mare and has been in charge of his beginning childhood, and he was saddle broke by a really good guy up here in New York. He was born in New York and then saddle broke in New York, and um, he, he's I don't even know if we'd call him quite Greenbroke because he wasn't really, he hadn't been ridden outside. So we did our maiden outside voyage and intro to show jumping slash horse showing sort of all at once. What? <laughs> it's New York. <laughs> you know, it's like cold in the winter, so everybody stays in indoors. And, and I didn't know that this is possible, but it is possible, you know, to be in an indoor kind of for your whole childhood up here and not really have that experience of riding out. So I've been like out on the trails, out in the in the on the hills. I mean, it's fun because he hasn't experienced it before. So I mean, he'd probably make a great eventer. He would just go for miles and by himself. He's totally chill by himself. Oh, that's great! Wow, that's nice to have a confident horse like that who doesn't freak out when he leaves the company of others. Um, so yeah. you 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 am I am I correct? You're living at some showgrounds right now. We are, yes. We have our jumping horses laid over for the whole spring and summer at Saugerties at the showgrounds. We've got nine weeks of horse showing that come to us, which since we do a lot of young horses, it's so nice because they get the empty facility and they get used to the huge facility and the rings and, and even some of the jumps. And then the, the horses start to trickle in, which, I mean, we get a lot of a lot of horses and this week just so happens to be the million dollar Grand Prix. So we have a lot of, a lot of, really high-profile guests 
coming from all over the country in Canada, and uh, it's packed, but he is handling it, i got to say. That is awesome. That is awesome. A million-dollar Grand Prix. Let's see, is, is, is Baby Black Stallion going to be aimed at that someday? <laughs> this week? Someday, maybe? I really hope. I really <laughs> hope. He's so special. you got to watch him on Facebook. I'll post some more videos when he gets jumping a little more, but I'm, I'm really, really, really optimistic about him for for really top sport, he's got he's catty. He's just levitates over the jump. Well, I I would say that he's got some skills because the picture I'm looking at right now, the jump is approximately whew, it's huge. It's like 18 inches, and <laughs> your, your your baby black stallion is clearing it like it's a three six triple bar. You know, like I mean, totally. He's got scope. Totally. Like to say. I, if I scope. surprise him over like a pole, you know, I'll walk him over the pole to introduce him to just going over the obstacle. And when he would touch it the first time or two with his foot, he would just like rock it off the ground, like hit the lights four feet in the air. He, he's a jumper. Good boy. Good yeah, boy. I was like, ooh, good boy. Thank God I didn't fall off. Don't touch it. Good boy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Double clear and keep the rider on the back. That's what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, and 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 since we're in the getting to know you phase of things, um, uh, because I'm getting to know you, uh, I did I hear you you married incredibly well. <laughs> oh yes, and mar- married on up. My husband and I, we are a pair. We are riding, training, grooming, showing horse professionals. We do it all. We're sort of a Two-person operation, Stella Farm, that's our barn. Um, we both compete at Grand Prix level show jumping, both of us with a passion for the young horses, so a lot of sort of saddle breaking and baby horse starting uh, and intro to this show work. We, we love doing it. It's, it's become so personal. This is the first year now that we're doing it with one of our progeny. So this baby stallion is the first of hopefully a long line of um of breeding horses that we're really we're really personally connected to so it's it's really taking on a a different picture but we do side by side mucking stalls grooming horses showing all of it so he married well let's change it he married well (laughs) oh (laughs) it's really good a stall cleaning wife isn't it I was going to say, anytime I hear about a couple stall cleaning uh, or just a husband stall cleaning, I'm like, oh, what a good husband. Because mine will get out there and muck stalls too, and, and, and he doesn't complain about it a bit. And it's stuff that just has to get done, and he'll just do it. And to hear uh, to hear two Grand Prix show jumpers are side-by-side mucking stalls in their barn, it just makes me smile. We love it. We really, and you know, I think there should be more at that. There should be more. There should be more horse management, more more involvement on the inner workings of sport horse development. So it's and we're passionate about it. We're dirty though, well, you know. And well, <laughs> that's what happens when you have so your business. You have to. And we wear white to get in there and... <laughs> How do you keep those clean, by the way? Um, I just want to tell you that they're treated. They are treated with stain-resistant properties, antimicrobial, <laughs> UV 50+. They are technically sound, and uh, <laughs> they, they, shed, they shed the dirt because it's not for us being actually, you know, clean people necessarily. <laughs> I mean, to, to have a clothing line and, and to be selling white shirts, I, 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 there had, I had questions. So now you've, you've answered that question. Gosh, because you look so clean in every picture. 
so funny. It, we, I, I mean, we literally do clean the stalls in our shirts. We bathe. We do everything. But they say that was the objective. You know, the company was birthed out of us being real horse professionals and seeing the need for appropriate clothing for hardworking people. Excellent. Well, I'm definitely excited to uh, to find out a little bit more. We're going to talk more about equestrian coming up after the song a little bit later in the show. Our producer, Jennifer, is trying to get on our first guest. Tell me a little bit about our first guest. Okay, so this is, Jennifer is awesome. Jennifer Blumenthal, some of you know her. We've had her on periodically. She's from barnmanager.com, which is an awesome, uh, it's a fairly new company, I guess, as of the last two years. They've done great. It's It's an organization software that allows you to keep all of your information in order, in check with the with the rotation of horses and staff. Unfortunately, you know that's such a hard one when your staff comes in and out. So she's found a way to keep all that organized, which we love. And in addition, Jennifer is a horse show girl. She rides with one of the top riders, female riders on our circuit, Judy Garofalo, um, who, by the way, has an awesome mare that we have our eyes on. We are watching Quattro Queen. She's just one jump away here and there from being in the jump off and getting some good prizes. So Jennifer rides with Judy, and they go to most of the top horse shows. So like Jennifer, we were chatting the other day. She was out at the Hampton. She's in the bustle. She's she's seeing it all happen first first you know person out there, and she's up to date on all of our show jumping news. So she is going to come on and give us sort of the rundown of what's happening globally um, and and domestically in our sport, the big news. And she's here, so you can uh, you can Yay. go ahead and bring her on. Hey, Jennifer. Jennifer. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. You got all the good news, no doubt, all the hot yeah. topics. It's exciting. What, what do you want to start with? Um, let's talk about the WEG. It's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Literally, I think the second round of, or the second session of the speed round is uh, live streaming as we speak. I think it went on at 8.15. I know the first round was at, I think, 3 a.m. our time over here in the States. So it's pretty exciting. It's the first part of the competition for uh, the show jumping team. Yeah. Did anybody, did anybody get up early to watch it? <laughs> Yeah, me didn't. No, no, I'm sad to say. <laughs> I am. A, I am a poor fan of show jumping. I think at this stage, I think a real, real fan, a fanatic, would have been live streaming. So what I what I got so far is, you know, we had some drama going in because, um, you know, Margie, who was our alternate, broke her collarbone. So Charlie Jean stepped up, and then Lucy Davis reportedly hurt herself. But I guess she's on the team. From what I can see. She's riding. She's, like, on the wow. rider list. She's competing. She's in there. So we have McLean, we have um, BZ, we have Kent, and we have Lucy. And I know McLean already went this morning. It's a speed round over meter 50, and I think he actually he had a good time, but he had one down. So it's, you know, false converted to time. It's a table C format. And, um, you know, this is the first leg of the competition. Um, and then, so I think they start today, and that's the speed round, and then t- Wednesday and Thursday starts the, you know, the team format, and then they'll have off Friday, and then they'll go on to Saturday, which I believe is when we see the individual come back. Is that right, Emily? 
I think so. I think that sounds right. Yeah, they take the top 25 and then they throw the, you know, the top 10. Is that right? I think that's about right. I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little touch and go on that, but it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, we get to watch this on the internet live streaming. I mean, it's the best way for any, uh, show jumping lover or enthusiast to watch it anytime. So I'm super oh, excited. Yeah. I hope everybody's watching at the office. I know, really. Tell us, um, Jennifer, when they sent our riders over, they sent a squad over, How do you recall exactly how many riders we sent over to prepare for World Equestrian Games? I mean, I, I believe it's the five. We have the, the four that are on the team and then our alternate. I mean, we were supposed to have two alternates, but Margie's out with that broken collarbone. Right. Okay. That's what I was. That's right. That's right. Which guys? I mean, broken collarbone. It's that's just terrible. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, so that is. I mean, I, I can't wait. It's. I actually saw a really great thing about the uh, the team went to visit. Uh, you know, we're doing some sightseeing in Normandy, and they they uh, you know it's really great to see America representing over there. It's. Uh, they have a very strong team going in. They've come off so many Nations Cup wins. It's too bad we don't have two teams going over because we have so many great riders right now just cleaning up everywhere. It's super exciting. Yeah, I know. We really do. We're really um, – it's an exciting year for show jumping um, globally, nationally. It's really uh, – we've got a lot of great horses and a lot of young and up-and-coming riders. Um, don't you find that interesting, our team uh, – our, some of our younger riders are really quite consistent. They are. You saw a lot of it uh, this past weekend, actually, at the Hampton Classic. You know, you have Michael Hughes, you have Lily Keenan, you, Lucy Davis, obviously, is on the younger side. You know, um, Rianne Tall, she's still, you know, essentially young in comparison to um, a lot of our show jumpers. I mean, they're, they're going up into their late 50s and still competing in their prime. Um, obviously, we have Beasy. But this weekend at um, the Hampton Classic, we had uh, a lot of, you know, Lily Keenan's a perfect example. I think she's 17 years old, and she's a force to be reckoned with in every division, every ring, every height. Um, and we're also going to be seeing um, at the Million this coming weekend uh, not just the biggest prize money in show jumping, but also they now have that $250,000 junior amateur class. Yeah, that's huge. That's, yeah, nobody ever offers that kind of purse for the junior amateur classes, and we know of one or two riders that are actually qualified for the million that are going to go in the junior amateur 250000 Oh, who are they? Um, Michael Hughes. Oh, he's going to do that. That's great. He he's, is yeah. such a great rider. I mean, he if you he see is. him around the horse show, he's the utmost horseman. He's so polite. You know, you can go up and talk to him. Like, I'm very... Said to watch his career develop in the next coming years. Yeah, like he's, he's yeah. definitely and he's a real be... horse kid. Like you, like you're yeah. saying. I mean, he he can pack up his own horse. He can bathe it. He does wear the S equestrian shirt, so he's also wearing a white shirt. <laughs> but uh, but he is. He's a hardworking kid. His dad is a is a hardworking horse professional, and he is he he's remarkable to watch. He's got great composure in the ring for his age. I think also uh, I saw Kevin Babington doing quite well wearing your shirts. Uh, I know. 
Kevin, man, it's awesome to see him with a, a nice horse out there, that, that mare, um, Shorepore. She just wants to fight for him. And uh, so you were there. So tell us, uh, Jennifer was at the Hamptons. So give us the, the landscape. What did it feel like? And you watched Kevin win that class. How was it out on the grass? Well, first of all, I think the Hamptons is just so well done because at the end of the day, you know, it draws the crowds. I mean, you're sitting there, you're looking over a big grass field. This is a big course. It's meter 60. It's technical. It's exciting. Like the grandstand, like it's hot out there, and people are sitting all the way at the tippy top in the sun, and they're watching. And you know the people who are sitting up there aren't usually, aren't usually standing by the end gate. These are actual spectators. That's amazing, you know, that they can fill that stadium. They bring in so many. The horse show does such a good job at promoting our sport, whether it's sponsorship or, you know, press or anything in that community. I mean, it's when you're at that horse show, you feel like you're at a real horse show, like one of the ones you'd be really? in Europe. An and exciting place to be, and it's so beautiful. And there's, I mean, it's celebrity watching. I saw on some blog somewhere Mary-Kate Olsen was riding. Yeah, I missed the celebrities. I think I was too taken <laughs> up with the horses. I kind of, uh, I thought Jennifer Lopez my kind might of girl. there. But I, I definitely... <laughs> I did. I do know that there were a lot of celebrities there, but I was more taken with the horses. I mean, you should Horse have seen our riders go in. It was really great. Like starting off, like um, Derek Kenny had a win in the the Saturday Grand Prix. Molly Ash uh, won the qualifier class for the Sunday, and then Kevin won on Sunday. I mean, it was just a, and it was hard because I only think four jumped off. Actually, I think it was uh, Kevin. Rion, um, is it Richie Maloney or Paul O'Shea? I'm, for some reason, I'm blinking on that. And then Ramiro. And Ramiro was great. Okay. He he cruised around there. I love how he rides his horse. I mean, he's it was it's always lovely to watch him. So Kevin was fast and tidy. And, you know, he deserved to win. Like, he's coming off a bunch of wins on that horse. Like, just two yeah. weeks ago, he was at the Silver Oaks Jumper Tournament in um, – Plymouth, Massachusetts, which is also another really well-run horse show that brings out a lot of spectators. Like, that's what I really like to see, not only as yeah. a horse lover, a competitor, but I like to see people engaged in our sport because that's what it is. It's a sport, and it needs engagement. Um, and that's, but that's still- where we're going. You know, this is yeah. becoming more of a mainstream sport, like um, with Frank McCourt buying half of Global Champions Tour with the intention of making this more televised. I mean, we people want to market us. It's a cool sport. I was watching a, a class on my iPad somewhere, and someone leaned over my shoulder. They're like, what are you doing? Like a total stranger. And they started watching it with me. And I think that the live streaming is so key to people growing interest because it's fun. Like, I was trying to, you know, you follow the times. Like, the leading time in the first session of the WEG today, I think, was, like, seven seven point maybe, like, zero one posted by um, one of the youngest Irish riders out there for the team. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, you, you, you try to do the math and figure out, like, how the faults are converted and how it's going to play into the individual and into the team and how they're going to decide, you know, who comes out on top. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's stats, and people who like stats and like speed are going to like show jumping. Yep, which, I mean, that's a huge percent of the population. Yeah. 
But um, so I agree with you. Kevin. Live streams where it's at. We keep getting. Yeah. We just keep spreading the word for these different live streams, and people can tune in. I mean, they can watch World Equestrian Games. They can watch the Million Dollar Grand Prix. They can watch our National Horse Show. There's no shortage of top show jumping events to watch. Yeah, the Million too. I mean, they do a great job with bringing in the community and bringing in outside entertainment. I think by having um, the concert afterwards, which do we know? I don't think that we know who they uh, they've announced. They're, what the yeah, they're so they're so uh, close with their information. They just sort of leak it out as it comes. So if it's but out, it, I haven't heard yet. They're trying to keep uh, keep the anticipation growing. Um, but I mean, the crowds last year at the Million were great. I mean, it it really I love when I I hate it and I love it when people ooh and ah when people are jumping over course. They actually did the Hamptons a lot. They would like oh, yeah. they would clap and they and the horses are like oh I'm done and the riders like no keep going but it's great <laughs> to see like triple combination <laughs> and it, it's funny because some people are like shh and other people are like yeah it's like oh, I mean it, it's awesome it, it, it is awesome like I think it was um, Richie Maloney was on course and they were doing it um, really a lot to him because a couple of people hadn't gone clean before him and everyone's like yeah as he's going through like to the towards the end of the course and it was you know that's exciting you like that you want to feel that energy in the crowd oh, yeah. that is what is exciting. I remember it's, that um doing uh because you're right we do not get that a lot and uh no. so you're not used to showing under that I did um uh at Devon like my last year as a junior I got into whatever that gambler's choice was that they sort of let all the different uh winners of each division go and compete in I can't yeah. remember what it was called, but it was it, they, it was a, an entire grandstand filled with people who were just there. They thought it was cool. They weren't horse people, and and they just wanted you to go like breakneck speed, like or they weren't happy, and they were just whooping and whistling and clapping and faster, faster, faster. And you're just like, whoa! I mean, it's it's another element to compete and remain cool under that sort of external pressure. Oh yeah, I mean, Devin is under those lights at stadium. That's a great place. That is one of the best tour shows in the country by far. It's great to see, you know, I've been lucky enough to travel to um, a lot of the great American horse shows, I guess I could say, and it, 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 there's nothing else like it. Like, it's so lucky just to be there to watch, and now you watch it on TV, too, and it's just as exciting, you know? I love that it's I could so sit at home and just watch it on my TV. Um, well, I stream it into my Apple TV, so then it is literally on my TV. Oh, that's awesome. You can get the big picture, feel like you're there. Yeah, with FEI TV and then all the other live streams that, like, come from, come from other sources, it's the best. But, you know, being at the Hamptons this year was really, uh, really fun. It was a hard course. It was big. I know for Kevin, that was his the first time that horse had jumped that big, and it was big and technical. So that's yeah, an awesome yeah, win coming sure. off of that. I don't mean to kind of change the subject, but in the vein of Hampton Classic, you said you were looking, but there's no way you cannot, like, run into the bathroom and hear everybody chit-chatting about the fact that celebrities are there. And I, we, one of our listeners came out of the bathroom and ran into Jennifer Lopez. So <laughs> give, me, give me some names. Name drop a little bit. Come on, boy. Who's there? I, I, thought, I know Jennifer Lopez was there. I did not see her. Uh, definitely... I saw Mayor Giuliani was there from New York City. Uh, I know Mary Kate also was there because I saw her a lot. The paparazzi were all over her. They were snapping Aww. pictures. And you know what? I have to say, she is a very good sportswoman. She 
had a not-so-good round on the last day. And she came out, and she, like, was very professional about it. Like, go marry Kate. Like, I want to hang out with you later. Like, let's get a beer. Like, she was pretty cool, you know. Um, <laughs> nice. Do you what? guys wonder why the paparazzi follows her when she was on a TV show that ended 20 years ago? Like, seriously, well, leave her alone. She <laughs> has a huge presence in the fashion world, like, billion-dollar industry from her, oh, like, I their Kmart that. lines to their ready-to-wear that's in department stores. Like, they're, those two girls are business moguls. But I, I find her, you know, she, no. she's got a, she's tough, she's fast, she's fast around course. It's fun to see, you know, um, celebrities, I guess she is a celebrity, take part in the sport, you know, and come and compete or spectate. Either one's great. Yeah. Yeah. I went, yeah I'm definitely. sure there was so, I'm sure there was other really famous people there, but I was too obsessed with the horses. <laughs> yep, you're a horse girl. <laughs> I, I like how I am by too. the gate. I didn't go anywhere near the tent. I was by the in gate watching the warm up, watching the ring. Um oh I guess we're gonna have to read the paper and figure out who was there and then I'll tell you I who was there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so it's just a fun horse show though, because it does come with all that you know, flair, like the VIP tent is so big and because there's all the grass, you, it's just, it has a very, a very special exclusive feel. Oh yeah. And it's, everyone's so um, dressed up. I mean, people, you know, they come out and it's, it's a little bit, I guess the way polo games are, people really um, dressed to the nines and it's really nice to see. And people come early too. The class started at two o'clock. I think the walk was maybe 115-ish or something. They opened it, and people are already there mingling, watching. Then you see people go out on the grouse afterwards, stand next to the jumps, see how tall they are. Like, that, that, that will create a new fan because that they get to, you know, experience a little part of it. They're going to remember that, and they're going to have an affinity for it forevermore. Like, that's the best thing we can do for the sport is to open it to the world. So true, and that's what we want. We want it to be more accessible, more spectators, bring more people in, and more growth, more businesses, more creative ideas. I mean, we want it. We, the the sport is growing, which is it needs to be paid attention to, and and thoughtfully how we can bring in spectators who might not necessarily be horse show people or horse people. Not just spectators, but the economic impact that horse shows have to every community. Hits alone is a great example. It's turned Saugerties around, okay? Everywhere you go that a horse show goes, it's going to create jobs. It creates jobs because, I mean, these horses get the utmost care. There's so many people that go into caring for these horses or the people who teach the riders or the people who put on the horse show or the people who volunteer. I saw a girl that I went to high school with who I know doesn't ride at all who volunteers at the Hampton Classic. I haven't seen her in 10 years, and there she was, you know? It's a... It really, you know, people might uh, criticize the sport as elitist, and but the, the top riders, you know, they're 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 hard workers. They're the, they're 6 a.m. to you know 11 p.m. every day most of their lives. Yeah. And whenever a horse show comes to community, it changes it. Like I said, Silver Oak, for instance, where I saw Kevin ride. That horse show is on the smaller scale, but it was thought on how well it was done. You know, each the uh, the first through third placings in every class went on the podium, like grass, oh, nice. great hospitality. They brought out entertainment. The Grand Prix tent was filled on Sunday. You know, it was done right. And it would be nice that we can 
you know, especially on the show jumping side, to keep seeing the, um, the preservation of what um, makes this, these kinds of events special. You know, I'm sure the WEG is amazing. I wish I was there right now. Yep, <laughs> me too. No, totally. That's where it's at. And that's what this we're really discussing on this episode with our later interviews and, and discussions is, is really the, the different um, kinds of horse shows, where we're coming from, where we're going, where we are now, sort of how we grow strategically, intelligently, because this is a wonderful sport and it is changing and it does, it, it needs to, to take steps forward um, for sure and, and volume this way with the spectator, the audience, the riders, the membership is already growing. It's exploding in South America. I mean, it, it's happening. Um, but, but, no, this is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on, giving us the, the real play-by-play because you were there. I love it. And, well, I, I will actually get to see you this week at Socrates. You'll get to see my baby stallion in action. Not too much action. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, we will check in with you soon, Jennifer. Thanks so much. No problem. Talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you. Bye. I want to see a Mary-Kate ride. I I didn't know she was a rider, uh, but I think it's cool that she's cool. Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, didn't expect that. I, I Apparently, you know, I saw um, one of the trainers up here was jumping in a welcome stake a few months ago in Socrates, and the horse went in won the class, and it was owned by Mary-Kate Olsen. And I was like, I mean... That's got to be a typo, but how could that be a typo? <laughs> That's a very long <laughs> typo. <laughs> so, uh, and then, in fact, yeah. <laughs> and then, for sure enough, you know, there she is, and she shows. I think that's, like, her only horse show. She does a year, something like that, and, and the horses continue showing. But uh, but totally, you like to see that. Uh, people come in and, and uh, be respectful of the sport and appreciate it for what it is. And from what I understand, there is in the works, if it's not already been filmed, a full house reunion. So Mary <laughs> so really thrust back into the spotlight of full houseness. Yeah, did you not hear about that? I, I mean, it. that's awesome. That's so now funny. I, I, yeah, because I mean, come on, Uncle Joey. Hello, we need to see him. <laughs> yeah, see what he's I'm sorry, I should, I've watched that show too much. See, how, see, no. see what's been going on with everybody for the last how many years? I mean, this is a this has been a while, right? I know it's like 20 years. I mean, seriously. So, yeah. uh, but no, totally. it's in the works. So hopefully, I don't wow. know if they're going to participate or not, and if there's going to be. Hey, Jamie, I just saw the breaking news. They're what? filming it at Denny's. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So funny! That. Oh, how wild! Man, right. on the on the topic of our of our team, um, it's really the uh, Margie had that terrible fall at Silver Oak, and mm. I mean, just totally shattered her collarbone. Oh, and gosh. that's not the only top horse professional of the last couple months that we've had with collarbone and serious rib injuries, and you know now, uh, you know Jamie, you I'm sure event in your vest, it's mandatory. Um, for us, it's not. And we, you know, I've got my baby stallion now, and I had to make some, you know, intelligent decisions. Like, you know, if I come off, which unfortunately I have once already at the horse show, we caught him right away. But, you know, it happens. You need to you need to take care and treat it like a sport. So I do ride. I got the new air vest that clips into the saddle. I love it. 
and I got a new KEP helmet, which has the highest safety rating. It's the best helmet on the market. I think the, this should be the standard. I mean, even for top sport, we have Margie Goldstein has a broken collarbone and can't show it WEG. I mean, that could have been prevented. Now, what kind of air vest did you get? Because there's a couple different brands. It's just called air vest. Okay, because there's a .2 air vest. There's, a, there's another one. I can't remember what the other ones are, but... Um, I, that's I have the point too, girl. And that's not mandatory. The air vest, the the rib protector vest is mandatory. Oh yeah, hit air. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, hit air is the other one. Um, the okay. vest is not man. The air vest is not mandatory, but I opt to have it. You know, have you been? Uh, have you felt it blow up around you when you tried it out or anything? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Oh my gosh. I, I actually, when I came off the other week, I had the regular, just the regular sort of venting vest, a temporary vest, which did the trick. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it really deploys and it protects against neck injury, right? Yeah, it really does. It, it protects against, say, the horse is cantering up to the jump, and, you know, in cross-country, the fences don't fall, typically. Uh, so if they were to do a rotational fall over the jump, it deploys and it protects you um and it has i have seen it save so many lives and i think it's really? just incredibly important the tippery vest is good they they have the charles owen vest i feel i that's what i wear because the, when i tried on the charles owen vest exactly what you're talking about the collarbone it hugs my collarbone i right. love 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 it so i you i don't write about everything right you're braver actually you're like oh, yeah I can do it. I'll be fine. Totally. <laughs> I'm a superhero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. False bravery, whatever. Um, yeah, well, that's whatever. I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you're wearing it. And the equestrian is okay underneath the vest? Or do you, you know, you don't want to cover up your beautiful clothes. No, they're work shirts, I'm telling you. I got that equestrian <laughs> shirt on. I've got my vest over, and it's like rubbing, you know. I mean, it, I imagine that's a factor. You've got to have a good durable shirt under, but it, it holds it. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Well, I'm glad you're uh, you're you're bringing it over to the to the the show jumping world and the air vest technology just couldn't be better. I mean, they designed air vests for motorcycle riders, so you know it's got to be good. So it's they, so smart, they, and it's yeah, yeah, it's like a coolness factor or whatever. People don't what think it looks cool or what. I mean, I get so many comments every time that I go out with it, but it's just like you know what, this is safer, and uh, that's. I mean, that that's the objective here is we're trying to have, like, good, safe start-to-finish rides. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you've got a uh, another interview. Um, why don't you tell us about your next one? So we'll, he we'll hear from Mike Maxwell as our first interview, and he's part of the group that puts on the Monmouth Horse Show, so we'll hear okay. some of that um, So and, and sort of the history of it. But it has been in operation since 1895. Holy cow! Which, like, wow. in, a, in a way, All right, I'm here with Mike Maxwell, who's a member of oh, the Monmouth go. Group, which is responsible for running the Monmouth County Horse Show. And we're here at the 119th running of the Monmouth County Horse Show, which makes it one of the oldest horse shows in the country. Mike, how are you? I'm well today. It, the sun is starting to come out, so we're going to have a good day today. That's great. I, uh, I'm really excited to be here. We spend a lot of time at some of the bigger shows in the country with Hits and Down and Wellington. And this show here 
really has such a, I guess, uh, you know, nostalgic feel to it. The the feeling here is really different. Can you describe to me what it's like uh, to be a part of this horse show for so long? Well, the show has has, has been on the map, as you said, for 109 years, and um, as a result, it does have a lot of tradition to it. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the table of the trophies downstairs. Um, some of them go way back. I mean, some of them are from Tiffany's, and uh, they're they're just you know priceless antiques right now. And the show was originally uh, part of the Mammoth Hunt, which is still very involved with us. Um, so there's lots of tradition of the show that that is is involved, and and people still the locals, especially from Mammoth County still love to come to this show. It, it's very important to us. Now, this year is, how many years has it been at this facility at the New Jersey Horse Park? This is our third year here. Um, the show has kind of been a movable feast over all the years. I mean, it, it originally it started being run in Long Branch at a facility there, and then it moved to Monmouth Racetrack. Um, there's a facility there called Wolf Hill, which was part of ra- the racetrack. And it, that's where it was run um, until Monmouth Park extended their race season. They used to just run in July, and they've extended the race season, and so we had to find a new venue. And that's when we moved to East Freehold Park in Freehold. Um, and we were there for, hmm, I don't know, maybe 20 years. And <clears throat> it got it just got too expensive to run it because... The facility does not have any stalls, any, so we had to put up tents, we had to put up temporary stalls, we had to, I mean, we just really had to put everything up from scratch. And um, it started to get cost prohibitive. So we moved out here, which we love because it's a facility that was established for horse shows. They have permanent stabling, they have permanent rings, there's nothing that's temporary that we have to do. We move in bring our secretaries in, and we're ready to go. I really love the layout of this facility. It's very horse-friendly. I've been here for the week, and I haven't ever had um, any trouble finding a place to ride. Right. No, they they did a good job of planning on on this. They really did. I mean, and it's a beautiful facility. I mean, they not only have this here, but they have the Jersey Fresh uh, eventing, which is a major event on their calendar. And you could probably see some of the event fences out there, which are a little formidable for me. I mean, I still ride, but I'm not riding up to one of those guys for sure. I I ride, and and I look at those fences, and I think to myself, no way. They don't fall down. No, they do not. And there's usually, it it, it might be four foot on the front side, but then there's a drop. Drop off at the other side. On the back side. So So that's great. Well, you know, this year is pretty important for the horse show um, because of Carol Thompson's passing, and this is the first year since Carol is gone, and I can really sense and feel and see her presence everywhere. Um, There's classes named after her. There's all kind of uh, trophies. Uh, Like you were saying, the trophies are yes, were donated the, by her the, tro- the trophies that we are using for the bigger classes were actually donated to us by her husband uh, Willard Thompson um, so when you pick these things up you'll see that it was a class that Carol won in Rotterdam 
a Grand Prix in Rotterdam or a class you won at the Washington International Horse Show. So, I mean, they're very special to us. They really are because Carol was such a supporter of this horse show. I mean, from day one when she was here, she wanted this to be a success and she wanted it to go. As you said, the smaller shows like this are starting to kind of uh, shrivel on the vine, if you will. I mean, the, everybody wants to go to the big deals in, in Saugerties and Lexington. And um, and Carol really got behind us here to not only giving us support with talking up the show with her friends and bringing horses in and all that sort of stuff, but she also gave us a lot of financial backing, which was a big boost to us. So wow. you know, she's been a... a she was such a friend of the horse show, we really, truly miss her. I just think that is such an excellent way for her memory to live on, to see all of those trophies down there from things that she won. Yeah, that she won. It really is. And she, I know she would be thrilled to have them, you know, here at, at, at our horse show and her horse show. Well, because you knew her quite well. You knew yes. her professionally and, and personally. And socially, yes. Yeah. yeah. She was a great, great, great person. She really was. She had a heart as big as her whole body. And um, as I said, she she loved horses and she loved people. I mean, she, she Carol was, was a wonderful, wonderful person. She really was. Wow. That's amazing. This has really been a great experience um, to be here, and we really thank you for having us and for the hospitality. We're so happy that you came, and we hope you have be back again for our 110th and make it a yeah. bigger and better deal. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Okay. Thanks, thank, Mike. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so, so that was fun because that really gives you just sort of like the, the management behind the, the, these smaller horse shows, which are our history. I mean, this is one of the oldest in the country. So we got to hear kind of the, the struggles of the management side of things and putting this on, um, but how important it is to them. And then our next interview, which I think is so appropriate as we're just growing exponentially in the sport, just booming and turning and changing. You know, we're, we're, we're changing and evolving. But uh, we are, in fact, derived from fox hunting. That is where we come from. We come from to this country with foxes and then show jumping. It was birthed out of that. So our next interview is with Meg Volnowski, who's going to give us a real insight into the tradition, where we came from, and how it's still connected, and, and really the, the attention we need to, to pay to that um, as we're growing. We need to always remember where we came from so we know where we're going. So here we are with Meg Volnowski. All right, I'm here with Meg Valnowski from the Monmouth County Hunt Club, and you've been with the Monmouth County Hunt Club for 27 years? 27 years, yes. Wow, that's great. And I just saw you bring uh, the hounds in to the, to, to, to the show ring, actually, and I was amazed that they were so well-behaved that you were able to do a demonstration for everybody here in a show ring with, with the hounds. So we train the hounds just like you have to train your horses for the show ring. We, tr we, we work with them in the kennel. Everything's learned in the kennel. They learn to hold up so that it can be controlled. When you go out fox hunting, we fox hunt in New Jersey. Obviously, you have to be controlled. We have about 7,000 acres we hunt on, which we're very lucky here. But we have to be able to stop our hounds, and, and, and that kind of training is something that was brought over from England. And it's the discipline. It's the same discipline that you see with the show horses at the top levels. You have to have that to really to really operate and do well at any discipline. So, so that's how we're able to bring them here and take them in the show ring. They know that. We take them to parades. We want to really 
get them out there for people to see as ambassadors to the sport. And um, it, it's something that people aren't exposed to, and, and we really find that, they're, that we get a very, very positive um, uh, response, and, and it's great. So, and we, we want more people to come out, whether they follow in cars or they have horses, and it's, it's just a, it's a fun thing to do. I, I couldn't imagine uh, just one of my dogs being, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, obedient enough. How many did you have? I had, uh, we had a smaller group today. We had, um, what, the hounds are cu- counted in couples, so we had six couple, which is 12, which is good for an exhibition. But normally we walk out, you know, 20 to 30 couple, and we would hunt about, you know, anywhere from 10 to 18 couple. Some hunts hunt more, but that's, that's sufficient for us here. And so, we, you know, you have to have control. I didn't bring any young ones, though. Yeah. That's like a young more, horse. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so. I, I love this show. We spend most of our time at some of the bigger shows, Hits and Socrates, Wellington, um, Florida. And I love this show because it feels as though it's rooted in the history and the nostalgia, really, of, of where this sport really came from. And I was doing a little research as to how we even began fox hunting, and there was something called the Enclosure Act in England, which 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 took common land from people and actually put fences around it, and that's what compelled people to start jumping fences, and then right. fox hunting was birthed out of that. Is, is that correct? Well, actually, fox hunting was birthed originally um, for practical reasons in England because they would hunt the foxes. They're vermin in England. There's so many. Mm. Um, about 20 years ago when they were still really hunting, I hunted in Exmoor, and they were saying they kill 200 brace a year of fox. Now, I know that's an unpopular subject, but if you are in a in an area where they're raising sheep, mm-hmm. that was the whole reason. Mm. And it was for George Washington was the first fox hunter in the U.S. The red fox was imported to the U.S. From, by the English um, for sport. And wow. that you know, they were hunting in Virginia, and that's really where it started. He he would go out hunting, you know, 50, 60 times a year in between running the country. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's how it started, and then these different packs grew up, and, you know, we have a governing body in the United States, the Masters of Foxhound Association, and they're based in Virginia. And so we, we have hunting rules, and, and they help with education and get people interested in it, and it's great. Well, this, this horse show and a couple of the other ones that are still around uh, actually predate the American Horse Show Association, okay. which is you know now the USEF. And so really this is where our sport was born, was in, in the fox hunting. Correct. So I think it's really important to keep this uh, connection. Yeah, and so I have some show horses, and one of the, my favorite horse shows to go to are that Keswick Hunt Horse Show, the Deep Run Hunt Horse Show down in Virginia, because they really have that kind of feel like this horse show does of, you know, the competitors having a good time. I go to the other ones, it's great, it's, but it, these, these and the, and the USEF is recognizing them as Heritage Horse Shows, Warrant, and all those. So it's, it's, a, it's wonderful, and it is where it's rooted in, and it's nice for people to, to bring it all back together. And the Hunter Derby, great. Well, and you have horses that are in that sort of elite A show yes. world now, and you still are very active in the hunt. So for me, I think it'd be really interesting to hear about from you the modern uh, show hunter and the direction that it's going the derbies. Do you think that that's really what's, what, what's, what's I keeping think, the hunters going? Right yeah, now? I think it's interesting. I think it starts to test them. I've got a second-year horse, you know, who we're really heading towards the derbies, and we think, you know, he's got potential. You know, you take handy classes where they, where they have to really step up and start to turn and start to do the options and, and you know, jump up a little bit of a bigger fence. 
I, I watched some of it last night, and you know, with Brunello winning, it was great, and it's just exciting. It's and you know, I think that's good too. When you see owners keeping horses and having a second a second horse win the Hunter Derby for the second year, that's what this sport needs. Mm. Not horses that come and go and disappear, because then how do you get people interested? I remember as a kid going to Madison Square Garden. I still remember those horses. You know, you remember the jet runs and some of those horses going around like hunters over the jumpers. And I think that that's something that's really important for everybody to get to learn and educate because it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And you were telling me that you actually develop your young horses. Yeah, I I breed them. I I started out. I've got some all the gold horses. I have a a, a young horse by Westport that was reserve champion on a Sally Wheeler a couple of years ago. They're down in Virginia with Junior Johnson, and he. I basically sent my stallion to him as a as a yearling, and he's bringing him along. He's in the second years now, and so next year we're we're looking at the Derby schedule, start him in that. That's great, but but some of your young horses actually get developed out in the field. Absolutely, with your... we bring some of them out that if they don't, I have a, I have a mare at home. She's a little bit more resistant to going forward, so she's out hunting now. You take her on a hunter pace, and all of a sudden that little grouchy little thing that you're trying to hack around the ring says, oh, it's not so bad. I can deal with it. I think that's great. That's really excellent. And, you know, it's just that get them to go forward. Get them to just loosen up. And, 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 and you know, we have lots of cross-country fences. We're lucky here. We have good footing. We have, you know, we, we have go-rounds on some of our fences. We build small fences and some bigger fences. Because in the old days, they were really big. And that, that puts people off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can have a horse that's going to be able to jump three, nine, four foot in hunt field. So, so that's, it's tailored a little bit. And I think that's, that's a good thing because we need to preserve these packs of hounds. And um, it's... It's, it's something we don't want to lose in this country. No, definitely. You know, definitely. And, and I think bringing them out to exhibitions, you know, shows people how disciplined they are and that it is a disciplined sport. You can't, you know, we have zillions of foxes in this country, so I want to hunt one. So mm-hmm. I can't have a pack of hounds going in 20 directions. So, you know, you, they have to listen. You know, they might start up on two foxes. The whips have to be able to knock them off and put them back on the other fox. And, you know, every day doesn't go like that. But, you know, that's what you're, that's what you're hoping for on your good day. And that's what we, um, we strive for. And that's the fun thing about fox hunting. It's uh, it, every day is different. And you're not thinking about anything but that. But it's real horsemanship. Absolutely. Because you're out there in the thick of it, and you've got to be a horseman, not just a jockey, to be able to manage right. all the plates that you're spinning. And you have, like the like the horse I was on today, that mare, uh, she'd go anywhere. I mean, I take her in, because I hunt the hounds, I take her in some really tricky spots and thick spots, and she's like, are you kidding? And I'm going, i got to go. And you develop a little bit of a different relationship, not that, you know, I've shown horses too, and that's important too, and you have great relationships, but these hunting horses, they get into it. They know where those hounds are. They know when they have to go. Sometimes I couldn't find hounds, and your horse can hear the hounds, and you go, well, okay, I give up, so we're going where you can hear it. And um, it's it's amazing. You know, horses hunt at a number of seasons. They really like it. Yeah, the horses get um, sort of game about yep. it, don't they? Yep. It's, it's, it's maybe the same as uh, sort of in the cutting world where those horses mm-hmm. really will start to radar in exactly. on, on the cows. Exactly. These, these, uh, these, these horses really, it, it's very sporting is what it is. Yes. And I would like to see personally more of that sporting flair back in the hunter ring at the A shows, which I think we're seeing in the derbies. Yes, I do too. And I, I, I you know, you can see it. It's funny when you watch um, some of the derby rounds, you'll see some horses go around. They're still, they're still sticking to that hunter ride. And then, then you'll see a few that you, they'll go in there and they're gunning for it. And they really, and they're like, yeah. It's like, and I'm going, that would be a great horse to hunt. Not that you would do that, but sure. it, it's, 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 a, it's a great thing, I think. 
How much do you think that the construction of the fences would absolutely change the sport if they did, the, like George says, all the hunter jumps now are triple bars? Do you think that it would really change the riding, the training, the preparation of the horses if we change the construction of the fences to be a little more upright? I, I believe it would. I think there should be more tests like that. I mean, I've seen that in some classes. I've seen it in some handy classes, like at Upperville a couple of years ago. They had a st straight bar at the, at the end of the handy class, and everybody was like, oh, my God, four rails and nothing else. And I, and I think there should be more differences like that, and, and um, not all the same, not all these easier type fences to jump. And, it, and, and it, not only will it reward the good horses, but it will improve the horsemanship, which is, would be a really, really good thing. Um, not that it's it's good, but you know we need to really step it up a little bit. No, absolutely, because you see a lot of really great riders, but you have to look for the horsemen and the horsewomen. Now right, and it's just sport. it's just like trotting fences. Like in the hunt field, if I have my druthers, I'm going to trot most of my coops mainly because it's it's variable terrain. People say you trot them, but yeah, you don't have to run at them. And I learned that a long time ago. I mean, I, I learned that with my trainers. They'd trot a fence and keep raising it and raising it, and you're going, okay, you can, yeah, he'll trot it. It's fine. And I, I've heard hunter riders, and they get all nervous about trot fences. I'm like, are you kidding? You've got to be able to trot fences. They've got to be able to roll back on their hocks and jump those fences. That's right. That's right. So so it's, you know, that's another thing that, that you know, I use from, from my training is that, that that's the safest way for me to jump a fence. You really, you know, even if it's a 3-9 coupe, a good horse is going to be able to jump that. That's great. Well, I really appreciate your time, Meg. Thanks for oh, thank uh, talking with us, and we'll uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. She is amazing. Oh, my gosh. So cool, right? She's, a She's like badass. everything. Oh, my <laughs> I know gosh. It. I know that, it. that was awesome. And you got it. I got to get Eric to post some of the pictures, actually, that he took down there because he's got photos of her taking all the hounds into the show arena. Oh, my gosh. Oh wow, that's really cool. That's in that, it, it, so cool. stuff like that makes me wish I could fox hunt around here. There's just none, but <laughs> oh my gosh, I would totally be a fox hunter. Jennifer, our producer, my new fox hero. hunts a lot. Oh, <laughs> if you were just in heaven, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. So cool. What is that's just great. special sport? So unique and so I, I'm a little bit new to it um, over the last few years, but uh, it's really impressive. I love it just classic it's just so classic i've been able to do it once or twice and there is just nothing more fun than galloping along the you know the usually it's kind of wintry and you've got some uh some mist on the grass and you're just flying it's so much it's like fun a fairy tale it. yeah it really is right? it really is because it's so. like early mornings but no that was awesome so and that's where we came from so now we're exploding in growth as an industry and i think again it's just important to remember what the sport is where it came from and where our hunters especially are going yeah and and speaking of growth and where we came from i'm going to segue into as equestrian because for hundreds and hundreds of years it seems like not, the show clothes and the hunt clothes and the hunter jumper clothes they never changed they never change. It's so Always true. Stiff wool coats that are uncomfortable, and you know you have to wear these breeches that you really don't want to wear, but they're the show breeches, and you have to wear. And, and then the shirts are all scratchy. Talk to me about what you've done because you have revolutionized the show clothing world with Essequestrian. <laughs> well, it's 
We definitely uh, switched it up. I'll give you that. We just, my best friend and I, we do the company together. We we grew up riding together, and we grew up with velvet hunt caps and putting baby powder on our calves and saran wrap to get our boots on so they were tight enough that they looked good in the equitation. I mean, we were products mm-hmm. of the of all of it, really. <laughs> Um, but we did. We just said, you know what, this is not the way it needs to go. We're we're hot, hardworking horse professionals. People are getting heat stroke, for God's sakes. Look at tennis. Look at golf. Everybody else is getting out of the Stone Ages. We've got to move forward. And all the while, we are products of the American system. I do – our tagline was tradition evolved. We respect the tradition. Oh, yeah. We you know, that's who we are. We grew up as hunter and equitation riders, but we are trying to evolve. So we've been really fortunate with the company. People have taken to it. They love the shirts. The, we're doing the jackets now. The durability is there. Um, it's top-of-the-line fabric. Right now, what's really fun, I do have a stock line, which is our liner prints on um, sequestrian.com, so you can shop the sequestrian line. But also what's really cool, what's really taking off, we've got these two sort of parallel projects running where we do, we are the official show shirt of the IHSA. So we do all the college team shirts. Those girls, boys do. They order. It's, um, they get their logo, you know, Colgate, West Point, whatever your school is, they get their logo in the collar. And it's so cool. That's lots of fun. Um, and there's actually a built-in fundraiser for team show expenses. So that's been taking off. you got to check us out on Facebook and see all the, all the swatches. I'm going to be uploading them. It's too many really to name. Uh, they're so cool. It's so fun to see them. But then simultaneously we have a custom program that's not necessarily for IHSA riders. It's for barns. So if you had, or, you know, clubs, sometimes there's riding clubs, but you pull together a large enough quantity order and you get to put your farm logo inside oh, the collar. Oh, no way. That's yeah. so cool. If, if you guys haven't seen these, you definitely need to go check them out on Esquestry. Now, I have a complaint because this is not fair. Uh-oh. And Eric is on hold. And I'm sure he can listen to this. And, and, you know, you were talking about how you used to cram yourself into these clothes that were scratchy and uncomfortable. And, and you know, we did it and we sweat and we almost died and we liked it and we were the shows all day i don't i don't think it's fair that these children today just get to jump into as sequestering clothing and not have to suffer and build right? character in the crap clothes that we wore forever it's just not fair they're on their it's just these kids today are on their iphones in their fancy clothes and it's just not fair these cushy horse show kids, you're so right. That might be the problem we're always talking about. There's, we need more horse professionals, more younger, tougher horse riding kids. Maybe that's mm-hmm. where it's at. It's the clothes. They're not dying of heat stroke. They don't know that's even yes. an option. They don't. And so we need to have, you have to provide ID, like age <laughs> verification to wear the nice technical fabrics. Okay? It's just, I would have instated a rule. Enough. <laughs> That's so funny. You're so right, though. I mean, we really, things things are changing fast. And, and although it took us a long time, we were late to the party, the change has kind of only been happening for like the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Eric, is like, on, uh, Eric is on. How is everybody this morning? Fantastic. Good. Well, I was just asking, do you agree with my, you need to have the age verification because you need to suffer the way we suffered growing up? Well, you know what? I think I think the kids get a bad rap. Everybody says that they're real spoiled and all of that. My dad would say they're not spoiled. They just naturally smell that way. 
<laughs> they are I think it's too late for this generation I, you know I, now I'm that old guy that says uh, you know the way things were and I'm, uh-huh. I mean I'm pretty happy about the technical fabrics because I used to bring three shirts to a horse show because I had cotton shirts and I remember in the summertime I would bring three shirts so I would have one in the morning to work and do stalls with and that one would be done by about 10 in the morning and I would peel it off and then I would put on a fresh one and that would last me, you know, to the, about midday and then I'd peel that one off and then I'd put on another fresh shirt. Hot. And now these shirts, they get dirty as you work. They don't sort of, you know, they're not magic uh, force fields against uh, dirt. The magic is, is you just put them in the wash and change them and they come out like uh, brand new again. I love the shirts because they're so easy to care for. They do. Eric even wears his S shirt out to dinner when he's trying to find, like, a pressed shirt because the men's shirt does look (laughs) like a pressed dress shirt if you take the tie holder off. So he's like, is this okay? Can I wear this? He wore an S shirt to my mom's birthday party a few weeks ago. Heck it was awesome. Yeah, that's okay. And um, yeah, the, and it's hot. And talking, you talking about peeling your sweaty shirts off. Girls love that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's where it's at, right? <laughs> Who knew? Stella Farm, Farm Thirteen. <laughs> so funny. So funny. So Eric, after doing all those wonderful interviews, um, as I told you, he was on the road showing. Um, at Monmouth, he won two of his three classes, so he's doing quite well. So I thought it was appropriate to have him on and give us our training tips. So what do you have for us? Yeah, we went to quite a few shows. We went to Monmouth, uh, did that show, then we went to Princeton the next week. We did that show. We were at John Manning show um, in uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. So, you know, the summertime is when everybody wants to show and you're putting a lot of miles, ring miles on your horse. And I think the eventers can appreciate this as well because what happens is your horse gets a little geared up and you need sort of a quick fix exercise. I hate to use the term quick fix with horses, but this, I, these are the exercises that have been tried and true for us uh, throughout uh, the years just to be able to get your horses thinking about the jumps instead of sort of thinking about scrambling through the turn and a jump off, which you have to do if you're trying to win. So what we did yesterday... Hopefully this all works out this next week because we've got one more week of showing. The mayor's really been working hard for me. But what we did was is we just we set up two different gymnastic exercises in the, in the schooling area. And one is a pair of verticals 18 feet apart. So it's quite a short one stride. And what we do is we split the difference with uh, a landing rail in between A and B. So you have um, uh, two jumps 18 feet apart with a landing rail halfway between the two. And you start slow because your horse is going to canter in bold like they've been doing because the last class you did hopefully was in the jump off, winning the class, and you're probably really going for it. So you're going to come into this very controlled exercise. You want to set it probably at 2.6 or 2.9 to begin with. Just canter in off of a very um, collected canter and let your horse start thinking about the ground. The Nemesis used to say, show your horse the ground. That's what the purpose of the gymnastics and the poles on the ground are, so that your horse can start to think about what's in front of them. And then that exercise can go up, uh, I think, for even top horses. I think four foot three um, or either 30 is probably going to get uh, as 
as good a result as you would need. I don't think that you would really need to go up any higher than that. In fact, yesterday we just jumped uh, 120, and um, and she she backed off nicely and started breaking over the verticals um, instead of jumping at them. And we were just uh, able to do that a couple of times. And the next exercise is is a pair of oxers, and I start with some 30 feet apart, and I start with them a little wider. <clears throat> because they're going to be low. And what I like to do, we got this actually from Linda Allen, because Linda Allen came to Texas and built a Grand Prix, and one of the jump crew uh, guys actually gave me her course diagram with all the specs on it, and it was this really interesting jump. She's always good for building something you've never jumped before. Uh, it was a really interesting jump. It was, it was an oxer out of a short turn to, uh, well, it was the, the oxer was the end of a, of a line, but the oxer itself was the interesting jump because it had a liver pull underneath it, and the front of the oxer was two foot nine. The back of the oxer was five foot three, and it was quite wide. All the horses jumped it so well that the next week in the schooling area, you saw all the professionals building that jump on purpose to try to get the horses' technique. So we put a pair of those oxers with sort of a super step, we call it. So you have. Uh, the horse can see the back rail, obviously, but it's quite exaggerated. And it's, like I said, again, it's 30 feet apart. Canter the first time through it, I would say really more of a medium canter because you want your horse to err on the side of being a little bit bold. And at 2 foot 9, uh, 3 foot, which is where it should start with the low rail being, you know, maybe even 18 inches, it's still going to ride kind of long because uh, your horse is going to look at it because it's a little bit curious, a little weird looking. So you kind of want to come in a little stronger, not such a collective canter, more of a medium canter, because your horse is going to have to reach even at the 30 feet to get out. And then as you start to build it, keeping the super step, you also make it wider from the inside so that the distance actually becomes shorter each time you go up. And then at the very end, there's a, for advanced horses, you can have it square at, you know, you know, 120 felt like it got a great result yesterday, and I think the oxer was probably probably pretty wide, maybe maybe four feet wide as well. Um, and what happens is it just schools the horse's technique. And, you know, like, for example, this mare, she was just getting a little bit at the jumps and starting to dump her front end on, I think, the left side. And we've, uh, we had some family in town, and they were actually taking pictures, and we got some really lovely... Uh, snapshots of what, uh, of how the horse's technique changed from the beginning of the exercise to the end. Yeah, and, and you know, that, I love those two exercises, and I watched that Mary Noor very well and watched her progression, and it most definitely did those things. And this mare is hot. She is just wild, like throwing clods of dirt in the corners, like she is hot, hot, hot. And she wants to run to the jumps. And, you know, there are a lot of horses that are not that hot, but that are our, our game to the jumps, and I think as riders, we want to bridle them up. We want to shut them down and bridle them up and control them, and what I love about the gymnastics, like Eric is explaining, is it gives you an opportunity to coach your horse, to have them learn and understand the objective by looking at the ground, looking at the rails, picking apart the exercise, and maybe you can access your horse's brain, be smarter, not stronger all the time. I, I like that because um, this mare for sure is one that you would think, okay, she's getting a little ready. We're going to just put on more bridle. But this, you know, Eric has found a way to really help her stay sharp. I love it. 
Well, I hope that helps, and uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, those interviews were certainly fun. I actually look forward to uh, maybe doing a few more as we're out and about whenever we find some interesting people like Meg. Oh, yeah. Totally. That was awesome. I love that. That just you're you are out there and you got us some real just from the, the heart of show jumping, some real info and, and real someone speaking on our tradition, which which, again, we just keep talking about it. But that's where we're at. The sport is growing and this is most definitely where we have come from. So I, it was awesome. I loved it. Loved it. Well, thanks for calling in and giving us our training tip. And we will absolutely check in with you later. Yeah, yeah, those exactly. are good ones. Those are good ones. What about for eventing? The, the the eventers. I mean, you guys do the stadium. Is that are those are those interesting to you? You know what? I was actually thinking because I've got to do one more jump school before my horse trial this weekend, and I was thinking I'm going to won't be four six, mind you, but to to do the the canter in with the ground pole in between those two fences. I am nice. I'm doing that today. That's oh, awesome. I can't I'm wait. So you got to tell me. We're like baby horse friends. Yes. <laughs> so just to get him, like you said, like he said, thinking about his feet as opposed to thing else around him and putting that ground line. I mean, we do gymnastics all the time, but putting that ground line in between those two close fences, I think it's going to be great. Awesome. I can't wait to hear how you do. That's so cool that you're going to your first trial. I can't imagine the pressure because, you know, you guys actually ride for money all the time. Eventers, we ride for glory or something. We <laughs> ride to not fall off. So For success, uh, completion. Uh, exactly, exactly, for completion. So I can't even imagine entering arena with a million dollars on the line. Have you ever ridden in anything that huge? No, never. I mean, Tom Strazeri, who has put up these classes, this is a game changer. He's making history. We have three classes inside the USCF calendar year that offer a million dollars apiece, and he puts up all of them. It's wild. It's fantastical. We're just changing. And I think that's what brings the crowds. That's what people want to see. People are going to tune into the live stream, whether or not they know show jumping. They know a million dollars. That's interesting. This is high pressure. It's like racing of sorts. Good Lord, a million dollars. Well, I, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you next month and, and find out kind of how it went. And I'm going to be, you're stuck with me for another month, so uh, I'll, be, I'll be here I next love it. month. <laughs> well, good luck well, with your baby horse. Oh, you too. Good luck with your baby horse and, um, you know, <laughs> stick on, kick on. And uh, what, what, do, what do jumpers say? Like, is there like a catchphrase that people that ride jumpers oh, use? Because like eventers, they say kick on, you know, they, there's all sorts of different phrases. I end every show with spay, neuter, and geld. That's just kind of my thing. <laughs> so um, keep down the population. That's awesome. No, we just say exactly. good luck or, you know. Leave them up. Leave the rails up. Leave them up. I leave them up. There you go. Leave them up. I love it. Well, it has been awesome being on the show with you. I really appreciate you and that's Equestrian and everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We've run out of time. We, you and I could chit chat forever. I mean, th- this could be like a four I know. hour show. I know. <laughs> I love it. This is awesome. This was a blast. So I'm looking forward to next episode and uh, we'll we'll see each other on Facebook. Absolutely. Sounds good. Everybody have a great day. Spay, neuter, geld, and uh, leave them up. There you go. I love it. (laughs)